Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. All right, some quick updates here. St. Louis in control, hammering Dallas 5-0 early in the third period in Game 7. Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals, 20 strikeouts tonight only the fourth time that's ever happened Roger Clemens did it twice Kerry Wood did it once as uh, Scherzer and the Nationals beat the Detroit Tigers 3-2 the Blue Jays lost 5-4 in 13 innings to the San Francisco Giants the Raptors lead the heat 79-69 with nine and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter they had a big lead they're trying to hang on London wins the OHL one nothing over Niagara. They sweep the series in four. Brandon and Seattle about to get started. Uh, game four of their Western Hockey League final. Brandon can go for the sweep. Brandon can go for the uh, sweep. They've won every game so far, 3-2 in overtime. Well, I'm very happy to say that uh, the place I worked in for seven years, this kick off my broadcasting career, hosting the RBC Cup. That's the Junior A National Championship Tournament. The Lloydminster Bobcats, the host team, and their head coach and general manager is Gord Thibodeau, who joins us on the line now. Gord, you were the first hockey coach I ever interviewed as uh, an employed broadcaster, so I'm pleased to welcome you to the show. Well, let's hope I'm not the last one you interview, too. Well, I, I agree. You know, I, I, I agree. It was, uh, Reed, I remember that. I remember your seven years here. Uh, the town still misses you. Well, I, I do appreciate that, and uh, I covered you uh, as the Blazers coach, and then I yeah, and then it, and then you went to St. Albert, and then Fort Mac. Was that your progression yeah, that there? Was the yeah, yeah, that was the route. Yeah, that was the route. Well, before we we jump into the hockey stuff, I mean, uh, you had some very good seasons uh, with with Fort McMurray. Uh, just maybe talk a little bit about your your ties to that community and and what you've been going through with the fires and stuff. Yeah, well, like everyone else, just you know, surprised that you know at, at everything that happened and. You know, just thoughts and prayers with with the people of that community. Fortunate to be there for 11 years and made a lot of outstanding lifelong friends. And uh, the first reaction was just, you know, let's hope that everyone can get out to safety. And uh, thank God, uh, a lot of the people that I know were were able to get out and evacuate. And um, you know, it's it's devastating for the community, and it's great to see the rest of Alberta and the rest of Canada, you know, teaming up to help and. Um, you know, I've said before, but it, it's a special community in Fort McMurray. There's uh, there's a great spirit of, of uh, you know, people there that, that love their community and will do everything they can to rebuild it. And I'm confident that, um, you know, when the time is right, uh, they'll get back to their homes and they'll rebuild it and it'll be a vital city once again. Well, and it's, uh, I mean, hockey obviously is king in this country, uh, as we know. And I did have Tom Keck on the show 
uh, last night, who you've uh, worked with, obviously, and is now the, the GM and the coach of the Oil Barons. And it is a, a, I got to go cover a couple Lloyd Minster playoff games in, in Fort McMurray, and the, the, the fan passion for the Oil Barons is maybe unparalleled in, in the AJHL. It, it's special. I mean, it, but it's like that with, you know, with all their community events. So it's the one thing I was really impressed with, with the Fort McMurray community, whether it be, you know, curling or CFL football exhibition games. Um, you know, that, that community has a great uh, awareness and, uh, you know, they, they kind of rally around special events. And, and that's why I think, you know, what they, if there's any community that can bounce back from this, it'll be those guys. They, they have a can-do attitude. They're not afraid to take risks. They're not afraid to work hard. And um, you know, it's an important engine for Canada and for and for Alberta in terms of that oil. And um, you know, we want to help as quick as possible to to turn that community around and then rebuild it. And uh, like I said, uh, it's it's outstanding spirit in that community. And I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to to rebuild it quickly. Gord, before I talk about the current season and what's coming up on this weekend, I just want to stick on the Fort McMurray theme. Uh, Colton Pareko, uh, an oil baron in 10-11 and 11-12. Were you, were you his coach? You were still there, weren't you? I was. Uh, we recruited Colton, actually, when he was uh, 16 turning 17. And uh, it's been an amazing story, to be honest. Um, you know, the kid's a special kid. For those that know him, he's just a really down-to-earth kid who is uh, not afraid to work. <laughs> He put in a lot of time off the ice and on the ice to make himself a better hockey player. And I like to say that uh, regardless of who coached him, he was going to make it either way. This is a kid that was very determined. And um, it's a little surprising that, uh, you know, that he kind of went through the draft. Uh, one year, 30 teams passed on him. And then the next year, uh, you know, St. Louis steps up, takes a third round pick on him. And obviously, he's turned out to be, uh, you know, great value for that. Gord, I mean, this might, question might be be tough to answer, but I want your perspective because you know, I mean, you've you've been coaching in the AJHL for 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 you know a couple of decades basically, and you know there are some great success stories like the the Joel Colborns or the Mason Raymonds or the or the Mark Latestus who was playing junior B hockey as as a seventeen year old. I mean, guys do wind up in the in the in the NHL, but but if you're an, an AJHL player. Um, I mean, some guys mature at, at a different rate, but I mean, when a guy actually makes the league, I mean, what usually what does he have to go through to go from junior A to one day being in the NHL? Well, you know, the, the agents had a lot of success, and certainly, um, you know, personally, the teams I've been on have had a lot of success with kids coming out of double-A hockey, frankly. Um, Colton Perrieco was a midget double-A hockey player at 16 years old. Um you know, he had grown from five foot seven, I think, or five foot eight, to six three in one summer at fourteen years old. So he was a little bit, uh, you know, the coordination maybe wasn't quite there. But you've got to have, you know, there are always routes, and we tell kids at this age, there are plenty of different routes to get to the NHL. And certainly, Western League's a great route, and the college has proven to be a great route. But not every kid gets there at the same age. You know, there's some kids that get there at eighteen and have their impact very early. Uh, but those are very few and far between. Uh, the majority of kids, you know, will get their opportunity at 22 to 25 years old, and it's what you do between the ages of 16 and 22 that really get yourself ready for that opportunity if and when it presents itself. And I think Colton was a great case. I mean, he's 
I've coached a lot of NHL hockey players that have come through the AJHL, and um, it's not a stretch to say that at 17 we looked at him and said, this kid has a chance to, to be a 10-year pro. Um, but a lot of that is based on the type of kid he was. Um, it's a kid that would do the agility ladder off ice after every practice for two straight years. Um, not many kids have that dedication and that uh, that willingness to to do that every day. That's not the fun part of the game, but it's nice to see kids like that get rewarded. Well, and just one more on, on this topic because it's it's it comes up it has come up a lot for me. I think over the last year, hosting this show, Gord, and and you know watching all the NHL games and the teams that are patient and composed and mature and it's just i mean look i I, i'm i'm 42 it's not like i'm new to sports but it's like you get those constant reminders how much of the game is played between the years right yeah that's not something that's awfully hard to you know that we've said it before and i'm sure you've mentioned it but drafting is a hit and miss game and i mean you know like i said there were the edmonton owners were the first team that knew about colton um you know because we contacted them originally and said geez you got to watch this guy and they liked him, but it's you know it's one of those scenarios where they wanted to you know they were hoping to wait to get him in the fourth or fifth round. It didn't happen. Um, St. Louis stepped to the plate, but that's why it's a crapshoot. You never know. Um, St. Louis did their work on him though, and and they got rewarded because not only is the work ethic outstanding, but he's a thinker. He's a guy who's extremely smart, and it doesn't hurt to be six six and be able to reach <laughs> eighty five feet across the ice because you know he's got a huge wingspan, but. Um, that intelligence is what allows him to be in the right position a lot of the time, and that's why he's had a lot of success. Dallas has picked up a goal here, but uh, St. Louis still ahead 5-1 with uh, 13 minutes left, so obviously pretty steep hill to climb here for the Dallas Stars. Gord Thibodeau is on the line. He's the coach and general manager of the Lloydminster Bobcats. They are hosting the RBC Cup. It's a five-team tournament uh, round robin and then one versus four and two versus three in the semis then the championship go so it goes from the 14th to the 22nd um first of all i mean uh there are you know whatever i can't remember the number it's probably close to 100 i guess junior a teams that would love to host this tournament and uh, get the chance to play in it as the host what do you think allowed uh, lloyd to to get over the top because i think they tried to host it once or twice in the past too yeah, I think they did bid for it. Uh, you know, I think maybe back when Fort McMurray got it in '99, 2000, I think Lloyd was one of the AJ teams that tried to bid for it. But I, I think, in large part, reading you having been in this community, you're familiar with how hockey crazy this community is. But for the for the people that aren't, um, we've had such a great run of success in the community with not only uh, you know the Junior A franchise at times it's it's been up and down, but the Junior B franchise, the Bandits. Um, the senior team, you know, we've hosted Junior B Championships. The senior team has hosted the Allen Cup twice. And um, we've really done a great job as a community in, in making those events special. And and I think uh, the other impetus was the, you know, Scotia Day, uh, Hockey Day in Canada that, that was hosted here a few years ago. Um, again, the community just really hit a home run on that. And I think that probably opened some eyes through, through Hockey Canada that, um, you know, maybe Lloyd Minster could, could pull off a Junior A Championship and, been a lot of people that have put time and effort uh, you know volunteers and sponsors and um it's just amazing for our community i mean the the hype right now in town is is obviously starting to really build and i think once the games start on saturday uh, this, this town's going to be rocking for 
for nine days and um you know we're very excited and obviously hopeful that we're going to have a very good showing through it you guys had a good regular season you, you lost to a, a pretty good team oh. as uh, as the saints eliminated you and then uh, the brooks bandits wound up winning the aj and they're in this tournament how did you handle the the the, the break gourd with the, without games with your team yeah, we, we ended basically around April 10th, so we've been off for you know about a month. We took uh, basically about seven days off where we got the group out of town and got them home and away from hockey, and then brought them in, and we've we've kind of run uh, for three weeks now. Um, you know, just concentrating on, on making sure that we're, we're physically ready, but concentrating on our systems. And the one thing the break's been able to do is it's allowed us to get healthy. Um, we had a very, very physical series against Bruce Grove, um, probably the most physical series I've seen in a long time, and it affected, unfortunately, both teams. I don't know that Spruce had a lot left when they played Brooks in the final, and we certainly had some, some bodies banged up. So um, the number one uh, benefit for us is to be able to get healthy, and the downside of that is that we're certainly not as game-sharp as some of the teams that are coming through, but uh, we feel that's something that we can pick up fairly quickly. Uh, Gord, do you coach any different in a short-round-robin tournament? Yeah, you do. Uh, to be honest, you do. I mean, you, you know, you realize that as, as a group, you really emotionally you have to be able to bounce back quickly. Um, the good things are going to happen. It's a bit of a roller coaster. Bad things are going to happen. You have to be able to bury each result. Uh, so after the first game, you know, you've got to be able to bury that quickly and move on to the next game and understand that uh, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing you can do about the first one or the second one as you're moving on. So uh, as a coach, you tend to, you know, probably try to get your players a bit more level-headed and understand that, hey guys, you know what, we're not going to be perfect through the week. There are five great teams here, um, but we just have to concentrate on it day by day, making sure that we give our best effort that first game, and then once that's done, you move on, you bury it, and then get ready for that second one. Uh, the rest of the field uh, of so obviously Lloydminster and Brooks, we mentioned the Trenton Golden Hawks, the West Kelowna Warriors. That's the team Corey Cross helps coach, right? Yes, it is a great homecoming for a yeah. local boy. I had the uh, opportunity to sit with Corey last week when at the uh, Western Canadian Championships, and obviously very excited. And they've got a very good group in West Kelowna, so it'll be a little, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll have his own cheering section here in Lloyd for for the West Kelowna games, but hopefully uh, the rest of the town is on our side. And the uh, Carlton Place Canadians, and aren't they the team that they're making their third straight appearance? That's true. They've That's lost tough, in, the, man. in the finals of the RBC the last two years. So very good team, very big, strong team. Yeah, tough, tough to be good three years in a row in the at that level. It is. Uh, it's a testament to their organization. They've they've done a great job recruiting, and you know it's the one great thing is that there are no easy teams here. You know you're going to have to beat some very good hockey teams night in and night out. Night out, but great thing for the fans is they're going to get some great hockey. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to watch all of the teams. I've been able to see, uh, obviously, Brooks and West Kelowna live, and uh, I've watched a lot of tape on Carlton Place and Trenton, and there's not much separating the five teams that are here. Well, Gord, I'm so glad Lloyd Minster is, uh, is hosting this. All the best for you and the Bobcats. I'm going to try to get out there for a game or two next week people can google just rbc cup schedule or go to the bobcats uh website and see how it all shakes down you guys are going to start saturday against west Kelowna, so that'll be fun gord great yeah, to talk we'll to you again saturday man. we appreciate it reed appreciate the support and uh, we're looking forward to a great week in lloydminster right on that is gord thibodeau checking in tonight lloydminster bobcats head coach and 
GM. That's going to be fun. Uh, Brooks and Trenton, West Kelowna and Lloydminster get it started with a doubleheader on Saturday, the final next Sunday, May 22nd at the good old Centennial Civic Center in the uh, border city. The uh, this arena actually in Saskatchewan by about a block. Raptors tonight, 84-79. Four and a half minutes left. The Heat continue to close the gap. We'll see if they can hang on. 5-1, St. Louis taking it to Dallas in Game 7. They're in the third period. Inside Sports returns on 6.30, Chad. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30, Chad. Well, the uh, Raptors uh, seem to always make it tense, don't they? The, their lead is down to 5, 88-83 over the Miami Heat with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Raptors led it 28-18 after the first quarter. Uh, they jumped out to a huge lead early, so the Heat chipping away. We'll see what happens there. The uh, Western Hockey League final is underway. Uh, game four is underway. Scoreless Brandon in Seattle about seven minutes in. Inside Sports is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. 5-1. I've actually changed the channel off the hockey game. Uh, I had it on. I've switched it over to the end of the Raptors game. It has been a game dominated by the St. Louis Blues. They actually scored four times. Well, they didn't score four times. They put the puck in the Dallas net four times in the first period. One of them didn't count because it was uh, called back after an offside review. And uh, they have pretty much, well, not pretty much, they have been in control of that game from the outset. So Dallas looking like they're going to be done. St. Louis against either Nashville or San Jose in the West Final. Now, we don't know when the West Final will start, but the East Final will start Friday at 6 with Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chet, so no inside sports tonight. Uh, Fabry, Stastny, Berglund, Backus, and Brower scoring tonight for St. Louis. Patrick Eves has the only Dallas goal. Lettinen was pulled after the first period for Dallas. He gave up three goals on eight shots. Niemi has uh, given up two goals on 10 shots. The shots are 31-18 for the Stars, including 18-9 in the second period. Uh, you obviously would expect that when they uh, fall behind 3-0 after the first period. A couple of soft goals in there on Lettinen as well. Still ahead, one of the newest Edmonton Eskimos, DJ Lalama, the last guy taken in the draft last night. We'll talk to him about that when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 832 Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Tomorrow, uh, Kelly Rudy on the show. We may have a, uh, a special guest as well. i got to confirm that tomorrow. Matthew Panashik on the other side of the window. Raptors up six, just under a minute left. Kyle Lowry, clutch three-pointer from about five feet beyond the arc. What are they at? I think they're at 52 and a half seconds left to go up six on the Heat. Big shot by Lowry. Huge shot, especially with uh, with DeRozan not out there. He was injured for a bit. I think he's back now, but he went to the locker room as well, Reed. And Damari Carroll is also gone for the Raptors. Oh, geez. And they're already at 93-87 to score, by the way. And Valanchunas out. 
right? So they lose a, some presence in the middle. Uh, interesting series. I don't know how well they're going to do against, if they win this series, how well they're going to do against Cleveland, but I guess we'll find out. Heat get a couple back, 93-89, 46 seconds left. Uh, obviously, uh, Matthew and I have both flipped off the hockey game because it's uh, 6-1 for St. Louis. I believe, yeah, an empty netter from Tarasenko at 15-20 the third period. Why not? Dallas pulls the goaltender down four goals. In game, I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter whether you lose 5-1 or 10-1 at this point. You're losing game seven on home ice. Didn't think Dallas... As good as they are, had quite the goaltending and the ruggedness to go to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, to me, Reed, Dallas is more of a scoring team. They can score at will sometimes, but their physical Which physicality. Which is good. It's so oh, yeah. nice to be able to score. They just don't have the physicality to do it and the goaltending. That's the two. That's their two Achilles heel. The physicality thing. I mean, Dallas. Dallas excuse me, St. Louis has ran all over them. Uh, in the series, I mean, Dallas to me needs to go and beef up a bit and get rid of some of their um, scoring. You know what I mean? Like maybe they could get rid of Patrick Sharp, maybe bring in somebody that's a little more physical-like. You know what I mean? Because they, they got enough scoring. They just need to get some physicality on that team because they just couldn't put up with St. Louis's hitting in, the, in that series. And if I were well, them... Well, and goaltending. Yeah. Oh, yeah, goaltending. Right? So. Goaltending was awful. I mean, both Lettinen and Niemi did not show up for this game, even though Lettinen showed up for last game. But uh, they, need to get, they need to address their goaltending in the uh, offseason, that's for sure. All right. Uh, Blue Jays lost 5-4 in 13 innings. That was an afternoon game that kind of went into the evening a bit against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Max Scherzer should mention this uh, for the Nationals. 20 strikeouts. 20 strikeouts. Only the third pitcher to reach that plateau. Clemens and Wood, the others. The Nationals beat the Tigers 3-2. London wins the OHL, so they will go to Red Deer for the Memorial Cup. A 1-0 win over Niagara to sweep it four straight. Uh, Western Hockey League final. one nothing for Seattle. Six and a half minutes left in the first period. They lead Brandon. Brandon is up 3 nothing in uh, the series. And that has been your scoreboard update. I haven't used the band for a while, so I figured we might as well use it. It's great to have it back. It's great to have the band here. They, they were protesting for a while. They, they said I was creepy to be around. What does that mean? I'm not a creepy guy. I'm around you all the time. Well, maybe you're creepy too. Oh, dear. Man, I never thought about that. Uh, we're going to bring in DJ LaLama in a bit. Eskimos' uh, seventh-round draft pick. Did I tell you I saw Captain America Civil War? Same here, buddy. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought it was very good. I thought it was very entertaining and very enjoy enjoyable as well. Uh, good Spider-Man stuff. Spider-Man's in it quite a bit. Yep. Uh, I, I like how they incorporated all the own, all the heroes and still gave them a little moment to showcase their powers. Uh, it was I wasn't sold on the villain. I mean, he wasn't really a villain. It was more about the Avengers fighting each other. Pretty much. Yeah, but it's a good, it's a good movie. Really good action scenes. I thought really and, good, really good you, comic uh, booky action scenes. And you stayed after the movie, by the way. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. So for people who, if if you like the Marvel movies and and you know, there's always a scene after the movie's over. So there's a scene partway through the credits, and then there's another scene at the end of the credits. And one of them involves Spider-Man, who is now a new spot. This is not the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. They made three movies of that, directed by Sam Raimi. This is not the, what was the other dude's name? Andrew Garfield. It is not him. It's a, now the third incarnation of Spider-Man in the last 15 years. 
for the big screen. And it's now he's bit, he's worked into the Avengers universe. It's a bit ridiculous, don't you think? Fifth, three times in 15 years? Yeah, well, guess who keeps spending money going to all the films? Reed Wilkins. Yeah, same here. So, <laughs> so they're like, well, if we don't make another Spider-Man movie, what's Reed Wilkins going to do this summer? Host that stupid radio show he does? Run more. We better, we better. No, I, I wouldn't run more. The movies are in the evening. The running's in the morning. I'm a morning runner. Not really early, but I, 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 I feel better running in the morning. I can't run after I eat too much. Yeah, I know. From, same for me, right? You know what I eat during the... Uh, bugles. We all, yeah, we yeah, all know all what I eat during bugles. the evening. All you eat is bugles. 95-91 Raptors with 21.7 seconds left. It is 8.38. We're going to sign off at 8.57. Will the game be over by then? I'm not talking if it goes to overtime. I'm talking the fourth quarter. So uh, I don't know if you've ever met my dad. Uh, Bob Wilkins, good guy. So he hates... He hates the touch, all the touchbacks in the NFL. Because do they kick off from the 35 or the 40? I think it's the 35. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. But they all go, they kick it so far now, it all goes through the back. And the, and the NFL does not want kick returns. It's a safety issue. They want issue. touchbacks. Right. But my dad's just like, well, what was the point of that play? Just give it to him on the 20. And he said, well, they got to give the option of a short kick in case they want to try to get the ball back. Who cares? That's, why am I watching that? He hates it. So last week, we are watching one of the Raptors games. I can't remember which one. We should have my, should, before Father's Day, I should have my dad on the show. And I'll just let him complain about whatever he wants for half an hour. Why the timeout? But he's, he's right. The timeouts in the NBA is in, insane. Here's the, thing, here's the thing about basketball. You should not be allowed to, uh, oh, the St. Louis-Dallas game ended. What was the final score? We quit watching it. Did it end 6-1? Yeah, it ended 6-1. Uh, St. Louis beating Dallas 6-1 to win game seven. The, here's, here's the thing, and, and, I, and I covered... Here, here's the thing. Just because a, a league has the best players and is the best league in its sport doesn't mean that everything that it does is the best. The Raptors are up six now with 17 seconds left. And... CIS basketball, I called six years, I think, of Golden Bears and Pandas games, Matt. You can't call a timeout while the ball is in play. And I, I like that, right? The ball goes, you can call it right after a basket, right? And I think that's what they should adopt in the NBA, right? I mean, a player can be trapped. Oh, coach calls a timeout late in the game. You got timeouts left. I mean, it's fine giving teams timeouts. I know they want teams to set up their plays. But don't let them call a timeout while the ball is in play. Only when, I mean, in hockey, you can't, oh, a guy, oh, we're getting four-checked. Well, we'll call a timeout. It's in football. You can't call a timeout while the ball is in play. That's one of the rules I would change. It looks like the Raptors are going to do it. They're up 98-91 with uh, nine seconds left. Eskimos draft pick DJ LaLama when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. So the Raptors win 99-91. The St. Louis Blues win 6-1 in Dallas in uh, Game 7 of their second-round series. Troy Brower playing in his eighth consecutive series that went to seven games. Nashville and San Jose tomorrow at 7. 
on Friday at 6. Tampa Bay is at Pittsburgh for Game 1 of the East Final. We will have it for you on 6.30. Chad, uh, Inside Sports, this portion presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. In a couple of minutes, we'll get to DJ Lalama, who was taken by the Eskimos uh, with the very last pick of yesterday's CFL draft. I want to read a text here, uh, Matthew, because I think I think I want to clarify just some of my thoughts here. And uh, I want to explain a little more what I was talking about and explain more to this this listener in particular. I'm not sure uh, the name of the person who wrote this in who says, Read, timeouts are an important part of the game. You can't compare the NBA to the CIS. I'm a 40-year NBA fan and former Sonics and Grizzlies season's ticket owner. All right, I'm going to resist the temptation, first of all, to say something sarcastic about this person's favorite teams always leaving town. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a cheap shot. Uh, here's here's the thing. I I, I understand what you're saying. I, I'm not I'm not comparing CIS basketball to the NBA in terms of uh, of the athletes or or what's happening on the court or or the organizations or or anything like that. I'm just saying I watch one and I watch the other, and that particular detail of the rules. Um, you know, I, I prefer the timeouts situation in the in the CIS where you get fewer timeouts and you can't call a timeout while the ball is in play. I, I understand timeouts are an important part of the game, but what I would say to this texture is, and I was talking about this early on, earlier on with Matt and Darcy when they were in studio, when we started talking about the video replay, I, I think a lot of fans feel that that anything that detracts abnormally from the the flow, of the, maybe abnormally isn't the right word because timeouts are a normal part of basketball. But but anything that that detracts from the flow of the game, to the degree that late game timeouts do in the NBA, to me is detrimental to my enjoyment of that that sport as a fan. So you know I'm not I'm not just picking on the NBA here, taking a shot. And some I know people have said to me in the past, well, you only talk about the NBA when you say negative things about it. Well, that's not how I'm trying to come across. And I and and you know it's not a, a league we talk about as much in, in Edmonton, Alberta. But so I, I I would respectfully disagree with that that texture, and that's fine that they disagree with me. I just want to see a game decided by by the players on the court by reacting quickly and decisively to what has happened. They they should be coached in practice. They should know what they want to do. And I, I don't think there should have to be a timeout after every possession in the final minute of a game for that to be decided. To, to me, that detracts from my enjoyment of the game. I'm saying that me personally. Uh, this fan, you know, this texture says timeouts are an important part of the game. They are. I just don't think that there, there should be so many and they should be so easy to call. And, and I don't think that a player who dribbles across half court and gets into trouble or gets trapped should be bailed out by his coach who, who can call a timeout. That's where I'm coming from. I, I respect that this person who texted has probably watched more NBA basketball than I have. I mean, he says he's a, he or she says they're a 40-year NBA fan. Well, 40 years ago, I was two. So clearly I wasn't watching the National Basketball Association in Alder Flats, Alberta. Though I think Alder Flats was on the short list for a team for a while. Uh, so th- th- that, that, that's all I'm saying. I, I want to see the game decided by the players reacting in that in that moment that that that's 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 what that's what I'm talking about I mean if, if you're a fan you like the timeouts you think they've become an integral part of the game 
that, that's fine. I guess they are an integral part of the game. It's an integral part of the game I don't enjoy as a, a casual fan of the league. Maybe people who are hardcore NBA fans think I'm, this is silly, right? I, I, I can understand maybe my opinion about the National Basketball Association isn't as valid as other people's. I can accept that. Having said that, it, it still is a sport I've watched, a sport I've watched at different levels, and I, I think that it, it, it stutters the game. I really think it stutters the game. That's where I'm coming from. Interesting debate, and I appreciate the text to 630-630. All right, pleased to be joined on the line by uh, Eskimos draft pick DJ LaLama out of the University of Manitoba. DJ, uh, DJ, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Doing very well. Congratulations on being drafted by the Edmonton Eskimos last night. I, I, I have to ask, I mean, obviously you're a football fan, so you know in the NFL they have this thing where they call the last guy in the draft Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, they they don't do that sure, in the CFL, yeah. and I'm glad they don't because you're not irrelevant. But what was it like for you, maybe playing the waiting game and and wind up uh, being the very last guy taken? I mean, it was an experience to say the least. Uh, you know, here with my whole family, uh, celebrating a special night, and uh, definitely took a little longer than uh, than had expected. But I'm beyond excited to get to work with uh, you know Coach Moss and and the rest of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you know hopefully bring another great cup soon. Can you tell us what what you were celebrating with your family, and was there some uh, distraction or, or two things going on at once with the draft happening? Absolutely, it was my uh, my mom's mother's uh, my grandmother's 85th birthday last night. So the whole family, both sides, got together, had some good food, and you know turned on the draft. And again, took a little longer than uh, we had hoped, but um, at the end of the day, I'm just beyond thrilled to be, you know be a part of this organization and, and get to work. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's quite a story for sure. Uh, Tell me a little bit about your the the last few days, because didn't you just come straight back from having a look with the New York Giants? Yes, sir. It's been uh, it's been a whirlwind. It's been exciting. Um, yeah, I was on vacation uh, with my family here in Southern Ontario. Um, you know, got the quick call, so my girlfriend and I, you know, took a plane over to New York, had a three day mini camp there, came back here on Monday, and. Uh, yeah, it's been a quick whirlwind, um, you know, a fun ride, and I'm, I'm just happy to, you know, kind of know where I'm going now and be able to get to work and, you know, let my play do the talking from here on in. What was the experience like of, of being in an NFL camp and and getting, you know, a, a look with them and, and trying to, to show what you can do on at that level? I mean, it was exciting. I mean, it was something that, uh, you know, uh, for Canadians are few and far between, and you know, to be one of the select few up here to get the chance down south. I mean, it was a blessing, and, you know, went down there and uh, did everything I could to, you know, make a good impression, and I got great feedback. Um, you know, obviously it's a different game, and there was a learning curve involved, but, you know, I felt like I put my uh, best foot forward down there, and I was just excited for the opportunity to, you know, learn from, you know, great athletes and coaches alike, and, you know, hopefully I can bring some of that uh, to at the Eskimos training camp here next month. What, what was what was different there? And, and I should also ask, were, were they looking at you as a linebacker or somewhere else? Yeah, they were looking at me as a linebacker, uh, more of a, a will linebacker um, than, than a Mac, which I had previously played in college. But, I mean, the biggest difference is, you know, just the terminology. Um, you know, the philosophies, given the number of people on the field, um, given that it's a, a more run-heavy uh, league than a pass-heavy league. Um, so your jobs are different. You know, your reads are a little bit different. Um, obviously, for me, the terminology was way different uh, coming from a Canadian game and never played American football before. But, I mean, it was a challenge, and, you know, it was exciting, and I'm glad that, you know, I had that opportunity. And, like I said before, just being around a bunch of, you know, 
great professionals. Um, you know, hopefully I can bring some of that, you know, up north. Eskimos draft pick DJ Lalama joining us inside sports on 630 Chat. Okay, I got to be that guy. Uh, are you allowed to tell me what DJ stands for, or is that yeah. a secret? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no secret. It's, uh, it's Daniel Joseph. Um, when I was younger, I think it was the first hockey team I played on. There was like five Daniels. So one got Danny, one got Dan, and I got DJ. Um, and that was kind of just how it stuck. And um, you know, it's shorter. It's easier. Well, what about your what about your last name? I got to say, from a radio perspective, and I you know I mean this lightheartedly, so don't don't take it as a knock. But it's a fun name to say, uh, <laughs> La Lama. What what's the origin of that? <laughs> uh, it's Italian. It's Italian. Okay. Are you the first football player yeah. in your family? Uh, I mean, my my dad and uncles will say that they you know they'll take that title, but you know, they weren't very good. I think my dad set the record for most interceptions thrown. And, in southern ontario in his career but uh you know <laughs> my brother and i my brother and i both play so uh you know trying to start that family trend i guess um it's going to be an interesting next couple months for you obviously with with eskimos camp coming up and uh you you can still go back and play uh cis at the university of of manitoba i mean how, how do you look at the the weeks ahead and and the the possibilities that that are ahead of you here I mean, I see one opportunity, and that's to to make the Edmonton Eskimos and you know be as big of a contributor as I can be. Um, I've already graduated uh, with my degree, and uh, you know, kind of took care of you know my business at the university level, and you know, I'm confident in my ability, and you know, I'm blessed again for that opportunity to be able to show out in front of you know Coach Moss and his staff, and hopefully, I make a good enough impression that uh, you know the Eskimos is the only option, and uh, you know, that's my goal here in the next couple of weeks to get ready and put my best foot forward and, you know, show the best DJ Lama possible. What did you graduate with? I graduated with a kinesiology degree and a minor in psychology and marketing. Have you ever been to Edmonton before? Well, I guess you played the U of A, I suppose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Beautiful city. Okay. Uh, in terms of, tell me a little bit about your style as a linebacker. I mean, we've had J.C. Sherrod here the last few years who just gets all over the field and, and can do a little bit of everything. We've had you know the lanky athleticism of of Dexter McCoyle here for the last couple of seasons. Sure. How, how do you describe your abilities as a linebacker? I mean, those are those are two uh, fantastic football players that you just mentioned. So I'm not going to compare myself to them, but I mean, I like to say I'm a sideline to sideline football player. Um, I pride myself on you know being relentless out there and you know making the plays, going into the dirty areas, and you know doing anything I can to help my defense and the team. Um, you know, I pride myself on special teams. Um, getting that opportunity to, you know, contribute to more than just defense. Um, obviously, that'll be a big role, hopefully, this year for myself. And, you know, I just, I love the energy. I love playing with energy. I love playing with pride. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And, you know, that's the type of player on and off the field that you guys are going to get. What kind of conversations have you had with uh, either Jason Moss or Ed Hervey? Um, I haven't heard from uh, Mr. Hervey yet, but uh, Coach Moss gave me a shout this morning. Um, and, you know, it, it was all positive. Um, you know, he said this is an opportunity um, obviously, with you know the, being defending Great Cup champs, it's a it's a very stacked roster, and um, you know it's an honor to play on that team. And I'm going to do everything I can to uh, to come in and, and earn a spot because um, obviously nothing is given, and uh, that that's my role um, is to come push the people in front of me, and you know hopefully you know make a big enough statement there in camp that uh, you know I can contribute and you know play in front of the fans of Edmonton, and you know hopefully make a repeat possible. Well, and I don't know if you know this, but Commonwealth Stadium is only a few blocks away from Little Italy in Edmonton. So there you go, right? Hey, it's, it's a perfect setup, right? It's a perfect setup. 
DJ, again, congratulations on being picked. Thanks for uh, sharing some of your story with us here on Inside Sports. Hope to meet you in person at camp. Awesome. Thank you very much, Sherry. DJ Lalama taken with the last pick of uh, yesterday's CFL draft by the Edmonton Eskimos. All right, here's what you need to know. The Raptors won 99-91. They lead the series with the Heat 3-2. St. Louis blows out Dallas 6-1 to win game seven. The uh, conference finals in the NHL will be broadcast here on 6.30, Chet. Friday, Game 1, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. St. Louis will host Game 1 of the West Final against either Nashville or San Jose on Sunday. And then Game 2, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh will be on uh, Monday night. So no game on uh, Saturday. Blue Jays lose an extra innings 5-4 and 13 to the Giants. Max Scherzer strikes out 20 for the Washington Nationals in their 3-2 win over Detroit. London wins the Ontario Hockey League title and over at Clark Park, rough night for FC Edmonton late in the match. They're down 3-0 to the Ottawa Fury. The studio producer tonight, Matthew Panashik. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.